The reading of God's word comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 through 21. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Greg. So as David mentioned, we've been in our series um, of prayer, and right now we're talking about listening to God. And I can still remember the very first time I actually heard God's audible words speak to me. It was in 2007. I was a junior in high school. Um, I had recently rededicated my life to Jesus. Um, my story is kind of that of almost a prodigal son. Um, that's a tale for another day. But in 2006, October, I rededicated my life. And then in 07, uh, the youth group that I was a part of, we went to a youth camp called Winterfest. I've got two friends here that were, I believe, at that conference with me. Uh, Jesse, I know Jesse was, Michelle may not have been, um, but we go back, way back, we've got history. Um, but it was 2007, we went to Antelope, Oregon at the Young Life facility there. If any of you have heard about Antelope, Oregon, it's probably only because of the cult that was there in the 1980s. Um, really weird place, at the resort there's a hill that you can climb up and you could actually see the houses and the lots in which the colt had like set up camp from there. Really weird. Obviously, God was wanting to do something there um, by establishing a Christian organization um, for, to have churches come for conferences and whatnot and stuff like that, trying to redeem that space, if you will. Um, but I remember being there. I had never been to anything like that. Um, in fact, that was my very first experience in an atmosphere uh, in that regard, and I know it was God's will for me to be there because I actually did not have the money. I was seven. I was 17. Yeah, 17 years old. There was like $200. I didn't have two cents to my name, and someone actually sponsored me from the church so I could go there. Um, so that alone was God's will for me. But I remember the first night. Um, anytime you're in an atmosphere like that, obviously it's going to be very spiritually charged. It's going to be different. Uh, but I could feel the spirit moving. I could see students, and for me, seeing students worship Jesus and to just lay their lives down to him is one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever seen. And I love to see it when that happens. Uh, but I was watching all of, all of us. There's like, I don't know, maybe 500 students there in this decently sized auditorium worshiping the Lord. Uh, submitting underneath his word. And the next day, the, session, the sessions were very much the same. The spirit was moving tangibly within the students. Um, a funny side note, that was the first time I thought, just for a brief moment, that uh, maybe I had joined a Jehovah's Witness church, because it was the first time I had ever heard uh, Jeho the, he, his word name, Jehovah, being used in a, in a service, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> What have, I, what have I gotten myself into? Thankfully, the youth, my youth pastor said, oh no, 
don't worry, that is actually his Hebrew name, you're good. I was like, okay. I got a little bit nervous there. But then, that following night, the second night, that was the night that my entire life was going to change. The entire course and direction of where I was going was flipped on its head. Because up until that point, all throughout my childhood, all throughout my teen years, I actually wanted to be a police officer. I had my godfather, he was a police officer. My mom's best friend's husband is still a police officer here in Ridgefield. So I've been around that world. That was what I always wanted to do. And so on the second night, as we were after the message and we were in worship, um, some of these kind of events have a bit of a format to them, at least in the organization that we were part of. The first night is an altar call for repentance, you know, people that come to Jesus. And then the second night or the third night is usually going to be if anyone feels called to full-time ministry kind of a thing. But God still uses it. And um, even though it can be somewhat formulaic, God still is there and he's moving. So it's a good thing. Um, but I remember as they were beginning to do that altar call, I was like, well, I know for sure that's not me. I want to be a police officer. I want to, that's the way I want to serve my community and serve is through protecting people. I know I don't maybe ha look like I have the physique to do so, but that was my desire. You know, I thought, ah, oh, yeah, I could, I could bulk up. <sighs> I'm scrappy, yeah, I'm scrappy. So I was, I was going to have to just know how to manipulate my body and their body to, you know, submit someone. But because uh, it wasn't going to be by sure strength and power, that's for sure. Um, but I knew, I was like, nope, that's, that's not for me. I want to be a cop. And then the first time I began to know how my body will respond to the spirit began to happen. I mentioned it a year ago in a sermon where we talked about hearing from God, so it's a little bit similar, but different tonight. Um, but for me, my heart begins to race. I begin to get butterflies in my stomach. And then I wait a moment, and the pastor again says, is there anyone else that feels called to full-time ministry? And in that moment, the most powerful, authoritative voice I had heard in that moment said one word, just one. But that one word is what set me on a trajectory that changed my life, and it's actually better fit for who I've been designed to be. And it said, go. And because I felt the power and I felt the authority of that voice, I instantly got up and I sped walked down the ramp to where all the other students were that had felt called to full-time ministry. And I've never looked back since. And there have been other times in which the Holy Spirit and God has spoken to me and I've heard him. I mentioned it um, a while ago, but when I was at Portland Bible College, right out of high school, so this would have been in the fall of 2008, I was working on a paper, um, and there was 
I was never the greatest student in high school, and so why I would have the expectation at 18 years of, 19 years of age, going into Bible college, I was gonna be any better, I, I, I don't know. But my bad habits continued on, and I just kind of procrastinated with some of the papers. And so I had a moment of just sitting in my dorm room and asking, God, why am I here? I'm struggling, I'm not doing well in school, why am I here? What am I doing? And the next day, on, fr on Fridays, they always had ch a chapel service. And as we were just sitting in worship, again, I'm wondering, what am I doing here? God, what am I doing here? Verse Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 came into my mind. And I was still young in the faith, so I didn't know by heart what that was. And so I opened up my Bible as everyone else is worshiping. And I said, for some have been called to be apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, shepherds, for the upbuilding of the church. And I know I've paraphrased it. But for me then, I was like, okay, there's confirmation. I know that this is what God has called me to. Confirmation of what he called me to in 2007 with the word of go. And then he's spoken to me through prophetic words of others of trusted people that uh, I know are spirit-filled. One was about songwriting. The other was the confirmation of Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, which was the calling in 2007 of go into full-time ministry. But he's called me to be a shepherd of people, but there will be things that will be a distraction that will try to pull you away from that. And even that part of the prophecy I was given advice as a young 20-something-year-old man of, hey, you need to have a plan B in case ministry doesn't work out. And so, again, I was trying to find a way, okay, how do I become a, a police officer? How do, I, how do I make this work? How do I develop other skills to have a secondary vocation in case ministry doesn't work out? Because I was allowing doubt, again, of what God had called me to and so, thankfully, God continued to shut the door on becoming a police officer again. This physique wasn't going to cut it, but the timing wasn't going to cut it. I'd never be able to be in church to work on what it was that God had called me to. I wasn't cut out to be a contractor, uh, just because I don't like to get dirty, necessarily. <laughs> but all these doors were just closing on that secondary career. Why? Because God didn't call me to it. God didn't speak to me to do those. And then even here for this body, in one of our first services when we were at Bethel Church, God gave me a vision as we were singing the song Gratitude of, whole, of Hallelujah. And he let me see behind the veil a little bit of the spiritual realm as we were singing, having our hands lifted high, singing hallelujah, that the heavens were joining with us, that the angels were singing with us. as an exhortation for this body of when we worship. It isn't just us singing to him and him not responding, but heaven is singing with us and responding with us and moving with us in our worship. These are all ways in which he's spoken to me. And last week, as we were closing I mentioned that even, he even used Boy Meets World 
a television show. Here's a, a scene in that show and spoke to me that this is what I'm doing with you. He uses so many different ways to speak to us. And I mention these, one, because I they're personal experience for me. So I can really speak best from my own personal experience. It doesn't show that I'm any more spiritual than anyone else. There's a lot of great spiritual people in this room that have been running this race longer than I have. So I'm not saying that I'm better, but really what I'm trying to show is that these are ways in which he has spoken to me and these are ways in which he can and will speak to all of us as well. He desires to commune with us. He desires to talk to us, for us to listen and receive what it is that he has for us. I mean, Scripture even shows us in Numbers 22 that he uses a donkey to speak, and in Exodus 3, he uses a burning bush to speak to Moses. So if he can use something like Boy Meets World and a donkey and a burning bush, there's no ways that he can't use to try to speak to us. And that he desires for each of us to hear from him. He's given us scripture to look at. All of scripture is God inspired his words to us through the hands of humanity. And so if he's spoken to me in these different ways, I know, I know he desires to speak to every single person in this room in those ways as well, in different forms probably. It doesn't have to be uh, when you're sitting watching Boy Meets World and that he'll speak to you. But he desires to speak to us, all of us, because ultimately deep down, what God really desires is a deep and intimate relationship with every single one of us every single son and daughter of the king, he desires a deep and very personal relationship. A relationship that's similar to that of, I guess, a husband and wife, where you're in each other's presence, usually more than anyone else's, talking to each other, interacting with one another, speaking with each other, lifting each other up, contending for and with one another. So if we want to try to mirror that, then our prayer time, we need to try to be intentional about it. doesn't mean that we have to set this block of time always. But intentionally pursuing him and actively trying to be with him. Because, again, he, just, he desires to have this deep, intimate relationship with every single one of us. We're, we're constantly in communion with him. So we are intentional about leaving space for him to speak to us, for us to listen. And it can look in many different ways in our contending community on Friday, it was incredible to hear the different ways in which each of our members have kind of heard God speak to them. And I could tell the, the saints that have been running this race a little bit longer, 
for them it wasn't necessarily just always set time, but they said it's a constant interaction, a constant dialogue in different parts of the day, in different pockets, where they just talk to him, speak with him, and then they allow him to just speak back and listen, always open to receive what it is that he has. Because it's just about this, prayer is really about an active pursuit of communicating with God, of being in communion with Him, wanting to talk to Him, wanting to hear Him talk back, to be in His presence, to allow His Spirit to flow in us and through us. And if we're wanting to be followers of Jesus, we become more attuned to hearing His voice. It's important that in order to do that, we have to remove the biggest obstacle from us hearing from him. Last week, Melissa touched on this, and that biggest obstacle is the unrepentant sin in our lives that we haven't laid before him. Like I've joked, that earwax from being able to hear his voice the things that have become a barrier for us. Because sin, as we know, is something that separates us from God. From the God who loves us and desires to be in a relationship with us. Sin removes us from that. And it creates distance and hardship from being able to be tuned in to what His Spirit is wanting to say. So living a repentant life is going to be vital for us to hear from the Holy Spirit. And so, this is going to be an interactive Sunday. So we're going to do part of this interaction right now. And we're going to remove the barriers that are inside of us. Maybe there are sins that we don't even know, we're not aware of. Or they are sins that we're aware of because we didn't speak kindly to the person that cut us off on our way here. Or the kids were being rambunctious and then we just lost our top. Or whatever reason it is. So this, for this first part, let's begin to cleanse ourselves. David already prayed for us to cleanse the, the muck and mire from the world that sticks onto us. But now let's take some time to cleanse the internal parts, the parts that we haven't asked him for forgiveness on. Because Psalms 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there is any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the everlasting way. Even us taking time to sit and pray this psalm is providing and making space for God to speak to us. Because for some of us, there may be sins that we have forgotten about and we have never asked God to uh, give us repentance on. Maybe there are things that we've 
pushed aside and not wanted to address. We've pushed down, repressed. So in this moment right now, search me, oh God. Search my heart. You know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal any unrepentant sin, anything that we haven't asked Him to wash clean. Cleanse us of it. Like Psalm 51.10 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Search me, Father. Search us. Bring to light the things that we have pushed down, that we have not brought to your feet. Please create a clean heart. Remove the things that will not allow me to hear from you. Remove the distractions, remove the jealousy, remove the anger that is unjust, remove the frustrations that I've had when I should have gone to you and prayed for your peace in those circumstances, for the words that I've spoken that have not been a good reflection of you. Cleanse us, God. Create a clean heart. As you've done that, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. In all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Like I said, God desires to have a deep and intimate relationship with each and every single one of his children. 
and yes, it will take time to grow. It will take practice to try to grow, to, gr to grow in a relationship in which we are always just constantly attuned to His presence in our lives. For me, this is a challenge that was actually was even laid on me yesterday as I met with a trusted friend just originally to catch up, just to have coffee, see how each other are. He's the man that led me and my wife through our premarital counseling. They're dear, he's a dear, good, trusted friend. And as we actually ended up both saying that we were teaching this Sunday, he was teaching this morning, and then obviously I'm teaching now, unless I'm in an out-of-body experience and I don't know what's happening. But for about an hour and a half, he said this, he had no idea that this was going to happen. It was not planned. But he began to just pour into me that the Holy Spirit was wanting to speak things to me. That the level in which I'm even operating in is going to increase. That he's calling me into a deeper, deeper relationship and anointing and moving to build the church. And so I desire, my heart desires to even be in that deep of a relationship with Jesus to where I'm always constantly attuned to the moving of his spirit. Because if I'm constantly in tune with his spirit, then I can always rejoice. I can rejoice always because I'm in constant communion with my God. I'm in constant interaction with Him. And so I'm constantly having a conversation with Him. And I'm praying without ceasing because the prayer is, is just that conversation. It's just us talking to Him, interacting with Him. And because I'm always in his presence. I'm always being able to give thanks to the circumstances that are around me because I can see, I can feel his spirit moving, not only in me, but then in those that are around me and what he's wanting to do in those that are around us. He desires this for all of us. And so we need to just allow as we grow in our relationship with Him, His Spirit to just move in us, to be His vessels, to, to speak to people that don't know Him, to speak life where there is death, to give encouragement when there is discouragement, to be obedient to the Spirit's prompting, whether it's to give a homeless person some food and there was a point where I felt that spiritual, that the uh, prompting from the Spirit, and I fought with God on it. I said, I need this for the youth group. But to be obedient to what the Spirit is doing, to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to others through us because we are His vessels, we're His instruments. And allow the Spirit to speak to us, yes, through prophecies. 
through other people. God desires us to be and continue what the Church of Acts did and and was doing. To speak to someone where he will give us a word to encourage them, to build them up, and maybe, yes, to give them a word in which, hey, the Lord has something more for you here. This is not what you're called to. And whatever the prophecy is, we take it, we receive it, we hold it. We don't cast it away, but we test it. We go to Scripture. We look at it and say, does this line up with what the Word of God has already said? Go to a trusted brother or sister who has been walking this walk and is spirit-filled. Talk to them about it. Say, hey, someone spoke this over me. Can you be in prayer with me on this? Can you confirm this? Can we test this together? Can we contend together on this? Every single time I've had someone prophesy over me, I've made sure to try to do this because I don't want to take something and run with it that wasn't from him. When we open ourselves up to the spiritual realm and what the Spirit is wanting to do, there is another adversary in this. There is a part of the spiritual realm that wants to lead us astray. Like David spoke on it from John chapter 10, where the enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy. In the spiritual realm, there is an enemy that wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy and lead us away. And he will sometimes, yes, try to give us words that are false. So we test it. Always test it. And then we hold on to what is good, to what is true, what we can back up, what can be confirmed through trusted spiritual advisors. Because we want to hear from him. We want what it is that he has to communicate to us. That should be our desire to always hear him speak and to test it. And we prayerfully weigh it with the Holy Spirit allowing him ultimately to confirm whether it's true or not. And then keeping the things that are good that, let the, that the spirit resonates within us. So now we're going to open up a space. Open up some time for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. To allow people that are spirit-filled to pray with us, pray for us. And I believe for God to speak through them into your lives. I understand and I know that for some, this will probably be a little uncomfortable. I get it. I've been there. There are parts of yesterday where I was uncomfortable not because of who it was that was speaking to me, but because I knew that things were going to have to change and that I was going to have to dive headlong into something that I've been uncertain of whether or not I even have the full capability and capacity of doing. 
but knowing that the Spirit was moving through Jason, speaking to me, and wanting to trust in who God is, trust in what it is that God has spoken to me. Even today, I've tried to make sure I'm not married to my notes. That I'm trying to just listen to the Spirit and move in the Spirit and communicate what it is that I feel the Spirit is wanting to communicate. Church, God is not done with wanting to speak to His people. God is not done with wanting to use us as vessels to communicate what it is that He has. I don't believe that it's done. I don't believe it ended with the apostles. I don't. Yeah, I came from a charismatic background. A very controlled, reserved, charismatic background. But I know and I believe that the gifts of the Spirit, including prophecy, prophecy that comes from prayer from others, is not done. He's still using it. He wants to use it. And I believe he wants to use it tonight. So if tonight you're dealing with anything that you need wisdom on, that you need some discernment about, our contending community leaders are here and they want to pray with you. They want to contend with you and for you on your behalf for what it is that God has for you. And if you're struggling to walk in this, if you're struggling to hear his voice, to hear him talk to you, whether through scripture or through prophecy or through the move and the voice of the Holy Spirit, if you're struggling with that, we want to grow, desire to grow in this walk, in that aspect of this life with Jesus. Or if you're wrestling with a situation and you need that discernment and clarity, or you're just plain out discouraged and you need some encouragement, I encourage you, please, don't waste this opportunity. Allow the Spirit to move through trusted leaders and pray over you. And I understand it can be uncomfortable. And if you're not in that place yet, do what we did last week. Do a listening prayer. Sit in His presence and just ask, Jesus, is there anything that you want to talk to me about? Is there a word or a vision, or a scripture that you want to bring to mind. I'm here. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice. We want to be people that look more like Jesus. And Jesus was the most in-tune person with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And so let's desire to be like Jesus. So right now I'm going to ask the Dimbowski... Dimbowski's to come over here. If you're part of the Dimbowski containing community, or if you're not, and you want to receive prayer from Melissa and Toby, they're going to be in this area right here. Pastor David and Rachel, if you're in their contending community, they're going to be in this area here. And then if you're part of the Gulliford's contending community, unfortunately they were unable to be here tonight, but we have some of the most capable leaders as well. And, G and uh, Mark 
and Kathy Lavalley. And so these are three spaces in which we have leaders that want to pray with you, pray over you. And they will wait and see what it is that God has to speak for you. I encourage you, please, take a step of faith. I know it's scary. But this is an incredible, beautiful way in which God speaks to us. It's through his children. So let's take time and let's walk this out. We're going to have a moment where I'm just going to put my fancy little pads on. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through his people. If you want, and you're not ready,
worship, if you still feel like you need some prayer or you feel like you have a word for someone here, I encourage you to be faithful to go to that person. And if you still need prayer, Toby and Melissa are still available. Pastor David's still available. The Valleys are still available as well. But let's end our time in worship. Let's seal what it is that God is wanting to do in and through each and every one of us. Let's break the bread and take of the cup. And let's respond to who Jesus is and what he's done and what he's still wanting to do tonight and wanting to continue to do for the rest of our lives.